Welcome to Memorizing Scripture. I'm your host, Gordon, and this week our memory verse is 2 Corinthians 5.17. 2 Corinthians 5.17, so let's go ahead and read this together. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away, and behold, the new has come. So today we're going to learn about the context of this verse a little bit. And by doing that, I want to start with a little bit of history. And with the person who wrote this book is the Apostle Paul. And he was writing this letter to the church in Corinth. Now, I don't know if you know where Corinth is, but it's in South Central Greece. And when Paul was on his different missionary journeys, he visited Corinth. And so Paul's first visit to Corinth was during his second missionary journey. And so after Paul left the the church at Corinth, he had heard of the immorality, the sexual immorality that the church was involved in. And so Paul wrote a letter to the church and he said whatever he needed to say, but that letter is lost to us today. We don't know exactly what it said, but we can gather from 1 Corinthians a little bit um, that he was trying to direct them in the right way. But after that, there became even more divisions in the church. I think people were still hanging on to their sexual morality and their idols and and the church at, or not the church at Corinth but the city of Corinth the culture was was very vile it it had a lot of immorality and a lot of just you know you think of some of the worst cities in our world their reputations that's like what Corinth was maybe even maybe even worse and so after those divisions in the church uh, the church at Corinth wrote Paul questions. They needed more clarity because of those divisions. And so this is where we get the first book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians. Paul sent Timothy to help the church even more. And and however, there was false apostles trying to tear down Paul's character and reputation, and they were trying to turn the people away from Paul. And so he made a trip back to Corinth, and he was trying to reconcile what was going on. But that visit was rough. A lot of the people had turned. A lot of people wanted to continue their sexual morality. A lot of people wanted to follow the false apostles, false apostles, and it didn't go well overall. And so Paul left, and he wrote a more severe letter from Ephesus, and he sent it with Titus, and he told Titus to you know send the letter and and see what's going on and. And so Paul, I think, was probably in a pretty, not maybe depressed. I'm not exactly sure because I wasn't Paul. But you got to imagine after all that back and forth, traveling, going to different churches, hearing about, you know, starting a a church in Corinth and then hearing them that they're not necessarily following God, even though they said they would. When Paul and Titus met up after that, Paul was surprised because Titus brought good news. The fact that many people in the church of Corinth had repented. And so after that, Paul wrote 2 Corinthians. And we find a lot of rejoicing and a lot of relief and joy in Paul's writing in 2 Corinthians because of the church of Corinth repenting. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 7 and 8, we see him make a a mention of the letter before. He said, For even if I made you grieve with my letter, I do not regret it. So that letter beforehand, that was the severe letter, Paul acknowledges, even though I made you grieve, even though I woke you up, I don't regret it. Though I did regret it, for I see that the letter grieved you only a while, as it is, I rejoice, not because you were grieved, but because you were grieved into repenting. 
for you felt a godly grief so that you suffered no loss through us. So we see that Paul, again, didn't regret it, but regretted what they went through to get to the point of repenting. And so he's rejoicing for that. He's relieved that, okay, what what I said was harsh, but but they needed to hear that. And as a quick side note, that is sometimes what we need to hear too. You know, we don't take a lot of criticism very well in today's American culture. But there are many times where we need to be woken up, I would say probably even daily or weekly. Just as, as many times as we sin in this world, we need to be reproofed and rebuked and corrected. And so... Also in verse 16, he says, I rejoice because I have complete confidence in you. Meaning he's confident in the church. He's excited that they are repenting. He he believes that that is the new direction for them is with them following God. So we find that Paul is writing a couple different things in this book of second Corinthians. We find that he's defending his, his apostleship. And the reason because of that is there's still those false teachers and he's trying to encourage them. And he says, like in verse uh, chapter four, verse one, therefore having this ministry by the mercy of God, we do not lose heart. And so he knows that God has commissioned him to be an apostle. And so he's just basically stating, we're not going to lose heart. We're going to keep doing what we're doing. And he also confronts those false teachers in 2 Corinthians 10, 2, he says, I beg of you that when I am present, I may not have to show boldness with such confidence as I count on showing against some who suspect us of walking according to the flesh. So, again, he's conf- confronting the false teachers by saying, hey, you're calling me out th- saying, like, I do this for money or do this for my own vanity. No, that's that's not what's going on here. And we're going to talk about this. <laughs> And then in 2 Corinthians uh, chapters 8 and 9, another part of this book, we, we see Paul talking about the offering to Jerusalem. So, but, but going back in the beginning, the first seven chapters, Paul is explaining different parts of ministry, different parts of his apostleship and what he is called to do. And in chapter 5, we narrow down a little bit that he's discussing the gospel message and the reason for it more specifically. And so what I'm going to do is I'm just going to read this in context. I'm going to start in verse 11. Um, and my uh, chapter heading is called the Ministry of Reconciliation. And so I think that's really important to point out. And when we read this, the we in here is Paul and Timothy. I think sometimes in the Bible you might think like we as Christians, all together we. But Paul is definitely saying we are trying to do this, Paul and Timothy, because you guys are doing this, which is the immorality and repenting and 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 coming back to Christ. And so he's talking about this ministry of reconciliation, the the purpose of the gospel message. So let's go ahead and start. Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others by what we are is known to God. And I hope it is known to you. I hope it is known also to your conscience. We are not commending ourselves to you again, but we give you cause to boast about us so that you may be able to answer those who boast about outward appearance and not about what is in the heart. For we are beside ourselves. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. For the love of Christ controls us. 
Because we have concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died, and he died for all, so uh, that those who might live, I'm sorry, that those who live might longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. From now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us, we implore you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Now, I understand it's a lot, it's pretty long, but I just wanted to give you a context of where this verse sits. He's talking about, Paul is talking about, we are trying to convince you guys to persuade you to let you know that this is why we're doing this. This is our ministry. The love of Christ controls us, not anything else, not money, not fame. And we conclude that he died for all, that those who might no longer live for themselves, but for him who died, who for their sake died and raised. And so after that, he says, we don't look at anybody the same way. And that's a good thing because we look at people two different ways. In Christ or lost. And our goal with that is to love all people the way Christ does and to help guide the lost to Christ. And so Paul is rejoicing, going back to what I talked about earlier, Paul is rejoicing that the Corinth church repented and is repenting of their moral behavior. And here he specifically speaks to God reconciling the world to himself. And there is a way to be reconciled to God that none of your sins are counted against you. And that's through Christ Jesus. And this is a great news for an immoral group. Again, the old way has passed and you're a new creation in Christ. And so that's the context of which we look at this verse. Um, There's a ton more that we could have talked about. But tomorrow we're going to key in, zoom in on some key points a little bit more. And so I would encourage you to jump in tomorrow and continue to memorize this verse with learning some key points. Now, again, I want to remind you to continue to repeat this verse. Uh, something fun you can do is take a dry erase marker and write it on your mirror in, f- in your bathroom. Or you can use note cards like I do. Put them in your car, put them on your nightstand, write it out. It only takes a minute or two to write them out. But again, the point is repetition. And again, you can recite this verse using one of our uh, smaller episodes, the smallest, you know, just me reciting the verse. So on your podcast or on YouTube, find the verse where it's just 20 seconds long and you can put that on repeat in your car and just take a minute or two and just say it about five times. Find a person who you're going to recite it to because that's always fun. We kind of elevate ourselves when we have to perform in front of people. And then if you want to email me, if you have comments, ideas, woes, or things to share about this podcast, you can email me at ideamailbag at gmail.com, ideamailbag at gmail.com. And remember to like, subscribe, comment, rate, and review at whatever platform you are listening to. 
Let's go ahead and finish up by repeating our memory verse. I'm going to repeat each line twice, and I want you to join in on the second line to help you memorize it. So here we go. It says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All right. Terrific job on memorizing this verse this week. And until next time, continue to put on the mind of Christ.